Part two of Ainu Folk Tales by Basil Hall Chamberlain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part two Moral Tales. Tale twenty one The Kind Giver and the Grudging Giver. A certain man had laid his net across the river. Having laid his net, he killed a quantity of fish meanwhile there came a raven and perched beside him it seemed to be greatly hungering after the fish it was much to be pitied so the fisherman washed one of the fish and threw it to the raven the raven ate the fish with great joy afterwards the raven came again though it was a raven it spoke thus just like a human being i am very grateful for having been fed on fish by you if you will come with me to my old father he too will thank you so you had better come the man went with the raven being a raven it flew through the air the man followed it on foot after they had gone a long way they came to a large house when they got there the raven went into the house the man went in also when he looked it appeared like a human being in form though it was a raven there were also a divine old man and a divine old woman besides the divine girl this girl was she who had led the man hither the divine old man spoke thus i am very grateful to you as i am very grateful to you for feeding my daughter with good fish i have had you brought here in order to reward you thus spoke the divine old man then there were a gold puppy and a silver puppy both these puppies were given to the man the divine old man spoke thus though i should give you treasures it would be useless but if i give you these puppies you will be greatly benefited as for the excrements of these two puppies the gold puppy excretes gold and the silver puppy excretes silver this being so you will be greatly enriched if you sell these excrements to the officials understand this then the man with respectful salutations went away carrying with him the two puppies and came to his own house then he gave the puppies a little food at a time when the gold puppy excreted it excreted gold for him when the silver puppy excreted it excreted silver for him the man greatly enriched himself by selling the metal thereupon another man for the sake of imitation set his net in the river he killed a quantity of fish then the raven came the man smeared a fish with mud and then threw it to the raven the raven flew away with it the man went after it and at last after going a long way reached a large house he went in there the divine old man was very angry he spoke thus you men are a man with a very bad heart when you gave my daughter a fish you gave it all smeared all over with mud i am very angry still though i am angry i will give you some puppies as you have come to my house if you treat them properly you will be benefited thus spoke the divine old man and gave a gold puppy and a silver puppy to the man with a bow the man went home with them the man thought thus if i feed the puppies plentifully they will excrete plenty of metal it would be foolish to have them excreting only a little at a time so i will do that and become very rich thinking thus he fed the puppies plentifully on anything even on dirty things then they excreted no metal for him they only excreted dirty dung the man's house was full of nothing but dirty dung as for the former man who had received puppies from the divine old man he fed his on nothing but good food a little at a time gradually they excreted metal for him he was greatly enriched 
Thus in ancient times, with regard to men who wished to grow rich, they could grow rich if their hearts were as good as possible. As for bad-hearted men, the gods became angry at all their various misdeeds. It was for this reason that on account of their anger, even a gold puppy excreted nothing but dung. As for the house of that bad-hearted man, it grew so full of dung as to be too dirty for other people to enter. This being so, O oh men, do not be bad-hearted. That is the story which I have heard. Translated literally, told by Ishanashte, 20th July, 1886. Tale 22. The Man Who Was Changed Into a Fox. A certain man's conduct was as follows. He went to every place, making it his business to do nothing but tell lies and extort things from people. Then, after a time, when wanting to extort again, he went on to another place. While walking along, he used to think of what lies he could tell. Afterwards, he heard a voice. It was not human language. He walked saying, Pow! Pow! Note. An onomatopoeia for the bark of the fox. End note. When he looked at his own body, it was a fox's. Then he thought that whether he might return to his own village or go to another place, the dogs would kill him. So with tears he went away from the road into the mountains. There he found a large leafy oak tree. He lay down crying beneath it. Then he fell asleep. He dreamt that there was a large house. He was outside of that house. A divine woman came out of it and spoke thus, Oh, what a bad man! What a villain! You have become a bad god, a devil, as a divine punishment for your misdeeds. Being thus made into a devil, why do you come and stand near my house? I should like to leave you alone, but as I am this tree, which is made the chief of trees by heaven, and as it would defile me to have you die beside my house, I will turn you into a man again and send you home. Do not misbehave yourself henceforth. Thus spoke the divine woman. Such was his dream. Meanwhile the branches at the top of the tree broke and came crashing down, and he was greatly frightened. But when he started up he was a man again. Then he worshipped the tree, then he returned home. Then afterwards he did not misbehave. So also must you not misbehave, you men who live now. Translated literally, told by Penry, 19th July, 1886. Tale 23. The Rat Boy in a certain village there lived a very rich couple, but they were childless. They were very anxious for a child. But one day, as the wife went to the mountains to fetch wood, he found a little boy crying beside a tree. Rejoiced at this, she took him down with her to the village. Thenceforth they kept the boy with them. It was a place where there was plenty of deer and also of fish. It was a place provided with all the things which people liked to eat. But though they hunted the deer, they could not catch them, Though they angled for the fish, they could not catch them. They were very hungry. Hearing that great quantities both of fish and of deer were killed in the village next to theirs, towards the mountains, the wife went off to buy food there, taking the child with her. She went to the village next to theirs, towards the mountains. She went to the house of the chief. The woman looked and saw fish hanging on poles and flesh hanging on poles. With tears she longed for some. She went in. She went into the chief's house. Then she stayed there. She was feasted on the best bits of the fish and on the best bits of the flesh. After that, as she lay down with her little boy, he rose quietly in the middle of the night. 
then there was a sound of a rat nibbling at the fish and flesh on the poles the woman thought it very strange so at dawn the boy came quietly back lay down by the woman's side and slept there till the day was bright the people of the house rose and the chief went out and mumbled thus to himself never were there such rats as this there have been rats nibbling my good fish and my good flesh so the woman bought a quantity of fish and flesh and went off with it she wanted the little boy to walk in front of her but he disliked to do so he would only walk after her then there was the sound of a rat nibbling at her load when she looked back the little boy was grinning so they went on they went home then she put both the fish and the flesh into the storehouse then she whispered to her husband then her husband went into the next room and made a trap then the trap was set in the storehouse then they went to bed the little boy lay between the woman and her husband but after a while he quietly rose and went out he stayed away without coming back daylight came on the man of the house going into the storehouse there was a large rat in the trap so he brought it down beat it to death and swept it onto the dust heap that night he had a dream a person of divine aspect spoke to him thus you were childless and wanting to have a child the most wicked of the rats seeing this took the shape of a little boy and dwelt in your house for this reason your village has been polluted but as you have now killed the rat all will now be right i am sorry for you so you shall have a child thus did he dream that the god spoke to him as it was true they got a child though they had been childless for this reason whether it be on the shore or in the mountains or anywhere else that one finds either a child or a puppy one should not let it dwell in one's house without knowing its origin translated literally told by penry twentieth july eighteen eighty six tale twenty four don't throw useful things away a certain man had a little boy a divine little boy and a divine little girl used to come and play with him every day but the little boy alone could see them his parents could not see them but believed their child to be alone now one day he fell ill and during his illness his two playmates did not come to see him only at the very last did they come when he seemed to be on the point of death then they came and the little girl said we know the cause of your illness your grandfather possessed a beautiful axe i myself am a small tray which he fashioned with that axe and the little boy who comes with me is a pestle which was also fashioned with it so the axe was our chieftain and we are its children but your father has been bad he has thrown away the axe which is now rusting under the floor for this reason are you ill in order to punish your father because our chieftain the axe is angry therefore as we were your playmates we have come to warn you that if you wish to live you must tell your father to search for the axe to polish it to make a new handle for it and to set up the divine symbols in its honour then may you be cured and the axe too will pay you a visit in human shape so the boy told his father of this the father thought that his son had been instructed in a dream he searched under the floor of the house and found the axe and polished it and made a new handle for it and set up the divine symbols in its honour then his son was immediately healed after that the axe who appeared as a very handsome man the tray and the pestle all came and became the little boy's brothers and sisters the axe being a god knew all that went on and the causes of everything and it and the tray and the pestle used always to tell the boy everything thus if any one was sick he knew why the sickness had come and how it should be treated 
he was looked upon as a great soothsayer and wizard who could turn death into life this was because other people only saw him they did not see his divine informants the axe the tray and the pestle for this reason never throw away anything that has belonged to your ancestors you will be punished by the gods if you do so in a variant of this tale the death of child after child borne by a certain woman was owing to the fact that the doll with which she herself had played as a child a piece of wood shaped like a bird had been thrown away in the grass and had thus had its anger aroused a conversation on the subject between the spoon the cup and the iron chain whereby the kettle is hung over the fire from a hook in the ceiling is overheard by a half-burnt piece of firewood who warns the woman's husband in a dream the doll is then looked for and when found the divine symbols are set up in its honour thereupon the woman bears again this time the child survives to the delight of both its parents written down from memory told by ishanashte second december eighteen eighty six tale twenty five the wicked wizard punished one day a wizard told a man whom he knew that if any one were to climb a certain mountain peak and jump off onto the belt of clouds below he would be able to ride about on them as on a horse and see the whole world trusting in this the man did as the wizard had told him and in very truth was enabled to ride about on the clouds he visited the whole world in this fashion and brought back a map which he had drawn of the whole world both of men and of gods and arriving back at the mountain peak in ainu land he stepped off the cloud on to the mountain and descending to the valley told the wizard how successful and delightful the journey had been and thanked him for the opportunity kindly granted him of seeing sights so numerous and so strange the wizard was overcome with astonishment for what he had told the other man was a lie a wicked lie invented with the sole intention of causing his death for he hated him nevertheless seeing that what he had simply meant for an idle tale was apparently an actual fact he decided to see the world himself in this easy fashion so ascending the mountain peak and seeing a belt of clouds a short way below he jumped off onto it but was instantly dashed to pieces in the valley below that night the god of the mountain appeared to the good man in a dream and said the wizard has met with the death which his fraud and folly deserve you i kept from hurt because you are a good man so when obedient to the wizard's advice you leapt off on to the cloud i bore you up and showed you the world in order to make you a wiser man let all men learn from this how wickedness leads to condign punishment written down from memory told by ishnashta twenty first july eighteen eighty six tale twenty six the angry crow a man came to a certain village whence was not known dressed only in fine black robes while he was there some rice beer was brewed on being given some of it to drink he was very joyful and then danced then as he went out of doors he re-entered the house with a piece of hard dung in his mouth and put it in the alcove as the master of the house became angry and beat him he being a large crow flew out of the window making the sound ka ka for this reason even crows are creatures to be dreaded be very careful translated literally told by penry eleventh july eighteen eighty six in another version of this story communicated to me by mr john bachelor 
the crow enraged at not having received an invitation to a feast given by some of the more handsome birds flies high into the air with a piece of hard dung in its mouth and lets it drop into the middle of the party to the great confusion of the guests some of the smaller birds take counsel together as to the advisability of interfering to restore the harmony of the occasion but finally decide that it is not for them who were also omitted from the list of invitations to mix themselves up with such a matter moral if you give a feast ask all your friends to it if any are left out they are sure to feel hurt tale twenty seven okikurumi samayunguru and the shark okikurumi and his henchman samayunguru went out one day to sea and speared a large shark which ran away up and down the sea with the line in the boat the two men grew very tired of pulling at him and could not prevent the boat from being pulled about in all directions their hands were bloody and blistered both on the backs and on the palms till at last samayunguru sank dead in the bottom of the boat at last okikurumi could hold on no longer and he cursed the shark saying you bad shark i will cut the rope but the tip of the harpoons made half of iron and half of bone shall remain sticking in your flesh and you shall feel in your body the reverberation of the iron and the scraping of the bone and on your skin shall grow the rasupa tree and the shiuri tree of which the spear handle is made and the high grass by which the tip of the harpoon is tied to the body of it and the nipesh tree of which the rope tying the harpoon itself is made so that though you are such a mighty fish you shall not be able to swim in the water and you shall die and at last be washed ashore at the river mouth of saru and even the carrier crows and the dogs and foxes will not eat you but will only void their feces upon you and you shall at last rot away to earth the shark laughed thinking this was merely a human being telling a falsehood okikurumi cut the rope and after a long time managed to reach the land then he revived samayunguru who had been dead and afterwards the shark died and was washed ashore at the river mouth of saru and the tip of the harpoon made half of iron and half of bone had stuck in its flesh and it had felt in its body the reverberation of the hammering of the iron and the scraping of the bone and in its skin were growing the rasupa tree and the shiuri tree of which the spear handle used by okikurumi was made and the high grass by which the tip of the harpoon was tied to the body of it and the nipesh tree of which the rope tying the harpoon itself was made and even the carrion crows and the dogs and foxes would not eat the bad shark but only voided their feces upon him and at last he rotted away to earth therefore take warning o sharks of the present day lest you die as this shark died written down from memory told by ishinashte twenty fourth november eighteen eighty six end of part two recording by expatriate in bangor maine